Like, I have the most fitting cup for this episode. <laughs> it's probably going to be backwards. Perfect. <laughs> oh, it's perfect. By day, slut by night. That is brilliant. <laughs> you know, with, with the halos, it looks like um, angel by day, oh, slutter by night. <laughs> <laughs> like the, the Latin American version, oh, slutter. <laughs> Call me Oslato. <laughs> Enjoy my day, Oslato, my night. That reminds me of um of uh, Jen. Do you remember Jen when she was like, um, I am Don Philippe the Spear. <laughs> I used to love that fucking scene. <laughs> it was like James Brown at the end. Get him! Get him! Get him! Get him! <laughs> I was got a brand new bag, bitch. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome. Oh. <laughs> I'm not supposed to speak. Sorry, I forgot. It reminds me. No, it reminds me of that. Um, Ivanka Trump. <laughs> like, what is it? Where she's like, hello. <laughs> okay, so uh, welcome to episode two of the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast with me, Kyle Broadhurst. Me, Daisy Noir. And joining us today, episode two, uh, breaking our. What's it called? Cherry? Popping our cherry? Yes, guest. We have our very own Tanya Radzwagin Manny. Yeah. Hey, hey. Feel free to introduce yourself. Let everyone know a little bit about yourself. Oh, so I'm Tanya. Um, Hi, yeah. Tanya. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, introduce yourself and everything's gone out of my head. It's like... <laughs> This is what it's like, see? You're looking at me while I was doing the intro. This is what it's like. You get on you and you're like... My name's Daisy and I love yogurt. (laughs) And that's it. So just start by telling us your name and, you know, three things about you and your social security number. (laughs) So my name's Tanya. I'm an actor. So that basically means I pull pints for a living. Yeah. Uh, I like peppermint tea. Which one I know? I'm, I'm 26. If that's it. So <laughs> I love peppermint tea. 20, 26, yeah. single. Yeah, 26 Ooh. and single. Yes, I think that's very important. So if you have any daddies, mamas out there, or your brother, sure. I mean. what's your age range? Just you know, um, age range. I'd probably say like. 30 to 45. 20 and above. <laughs> Anyone who looks at me. If you're like, I've got money, and you say I'm pretty, like, at least five times a day to me, we're good to go. That's yeah, that's, that would be my next question. What's the income bracket? What What is... Let's, let's go around. What is the income bracket? Because for me... A year? Annually? Annually. <laughs> Annually and annually. <laughs> annually and annually. Yeah. And, 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 and that you said annually there. Yeah, no, we did. <laughs> How much money can they fit up their arse? <laughs> like pennies. Pound <laughs> coins. They just like shit and it's just like all like one P coins. <laughs> And then the echo, the echo is it comes. (laughs) Income bracket for me, I think it's got to be at least so. So twenty grand is just above minimum. Maybe. Yeah, but I'm not being serious. The serious answer is that the like answer is (laughs) hundred (laughs) thousand. If I was to be like like that, like that, but um, I'd probably say like two hundred. 
200. At least a year. 200 pounds? Or, oh, 200K. <laughs> no, 200,000. If you're looking for 200 pounds, then I'm a gal. <laughs> that, is a, that is the kind of person that's only shopping in Poundland 200 a year. <laughs> but realistically, I just think, like, someone would, like, would know how to handle their money. Like, it doesn't matter how much you earn, but, like, you're precise with it. Oh, yeah. So not me. Is like, not me. Not me. <laughs> I'm not attracted to myself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's and now we're getting into the real stuff. I find myself repulsive. So uh, yeah, um, so we actually have a topic this week, which is really exciting. So today we're going to be talking about sex and relationships. Mm. Um, we've not brought Tanya on because they're an expert on this, but we're not saying they're not. <laughs> be fun to kind of kick off the first um guest related episode with something that we all love and sometimes enjoy sometimes don't enjoy um which is of course uh sucking dick (laughs) (laughs) for any of our parents watching um stop i think um yeah i agree like i i've I, you know, this I would be the same as Kyle, like I'd be like 100k, but realistically speaking, and also judging by kind of my own taste as well as, you know, what I see in the mirror, I'm, I have to think logically, <laughs> like someone with a 100k <laughs> would not. <laughs> That's not true. Not. That's not true. There are some. Well, it's no. like, I don't think so. It's yeah, like quite a few what Primark, do you know what I mean? <laughs> You'd be quite surprised though. Yeah, I've dated a few people who are quite rich and they're like, yeah, I'm going to go here. And I'm like, right, are you done? Let's go to Primark because that's in my budget. That's um, like, see the amount, the amount of dates I've been on where it's like, oh, let's go here. I'm like, <laughs> my My worst times are when you suggest somewhere because you're trying to like, like in the past where I've maybe suggested like, oh, let's go somewhere maybe nicer than where I would usually go. And then they're like, oh no, I'm like, I can't afford that. And then I feel like an asshole. And I'm like, I just, <laughs> I just wanted to care. <laughs> I used to be like, I would go within my monthly bracket of like how much I can spend. Mm. But now I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like I would rather go somewhere that was nice and I haven't been there before mm. and experience it. I mean, it doesn't matter if like down the month I'm gonna be broke, but like at least I got to enjoy myself. Yeah. And again, I guess like some parts it does help when like I've never paid for a date, so like I'll always say where I want to go because then they'll take me. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the power of the vagina because I would never. Damn it. I would never. <laughs> So but sometimes like I don't even think it's like the power of vagina I just think it's like confidence like if you've never really met someone before and if you ask me where do you want to go and I tell you where I want to go there's only two options you can say no I can't afford to go there or yes we can go there and after that I'll know and be like okay that's yeah. fine I think that's a thing that like I'm trying to teach myself recently as well when it comes to relationships is like and it sounds really cliche but like just be yourself and then yeah you know, whoever likes that is going to like that. And then whoever doesn't, doesn't. Like my Tinder now, um, before I tried to like put a lot of photos that I thought made me look attractive, sold me a certain way, made me look generally attractive to people. And now it's just like videos I find funny of stupid stuff I've done and, and stupid pictures of me because it's more authentic. Do you know what's so strange about Tinder that I've experienced recently? 
um, because I feel like in the last few years, I've moved around a lot. So my Tinder sometimes changes <laughs> depending on what location I'm in. <laughs> and I don't know if I'm the only person in the world who does this, but I'll put up. It, it's sort of the same as like trying to appeal to like certain people, because obviously there's there's certain people that are interested in like certain types of girls or guys in like certain areas of wherever I've been. Um, and so like I found that obviously in Edinburgh there were people because it's the biggest city there were pe more people that I felt like I was attracted to whereas in somewhere like the Pans it was all like lads 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 I hate gay people <laughs> which is very much and Carl will back me up here it's very much what it was I felt like I had to as, as Carl said sort of like make myself generally attractive and kind of appeal more like just neutral almost but then I was like no I don't want to do that because I'm not neutral I'm very chaotic like evil is it chaotic evil I think I am chaotic evil I have a different thing like I totally agree with you on the picture thing I used to be like that as well and like I think part of it was because like I live in spaces that are quite like white majority yeah so like a lot of the time I knew the beauty standards were centered around white women it's so like a lot of the time I used to try and fit those. Mm. And after that, I was just like, no, that's not really who I am. Yeah. So like now it's only like within the most recent times, like during like the whole pandemic type that because I wasn't going anywhere, I could be myself essentially is how I like want to be. And now mm. I find like people, a lot more people are talking to me and I was like, oh my God, I didn't know I was attractive. Like I knew I was like kind of attractive, but like I didn't know I was like that attractive. I always feel like there's a part of dating that's also quite performative. And I'm always like, once that performance front, I have to be myself now. And it's like, and you have to like slowly ease yourself in. And I'm like, I'm done doing that. Like, mm -hmm. I want to be like, by the third day, if you come to my house, I want to be able to like chuck my wig off. And you know, and it's not going to be like a surprise for that person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just like, they have to get it. It's and if you don't get it. Well, they have it. to fetch the wig. And they can catch it and put it on the hook and be like, when sick, babe, when sick. Do they get extra points if they get them, do it like where they, you throw it and they go, oh, and catch it? I would definitely give you the desk over. <laughs> they're not the desk like I nearly just took my, took my entire setup out <laughs> I just laughed at my own joke where I was like I'll give them brownie points and I'm like ah. <laughs> 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 Jesus yeah no um, it's gonna be difficult to edit <laughs> you have to put that in <laughs> Like, have you ever tried this? <laughs> <laughs> like fucking bass boosted. <laughs> <laughs> it's also not going to make any sense to people listening. <laughs> for, those of you, for those of you who are listening, Kyle just made a gesture and, <laughs> and just kicked the table, but it just like, it shook <laughs> And we thought that was it. <laughs> we didn't think that might be the end of recording. Um, so, so yeah, that, that's what happened. So if anyone is wondering if there's a fucking tsunami or like... <laughs>
happening? It's Earthquake like happening. Kyle's <laughs> recording setup just falling to the ground. <laughs> People are checking their phones for Amber Alerts. <laughs> they don't even live in America. <laughs> I just, I've just got people with grandparents in the room that just had World War flashbacks. <laughs> people are like marking themselves on safe on Facebook. <laughs> people are like marking themselves safe on Facebook and being like, is everyone safe? Like, <laughs> Status update, I am safe. <laughs> also, look at our hoodies. Ah, I like those. Are you wearing the same hoodies? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, we made them. Oh, I want one. <laughs> we'll yeah, we, did, we did think about getting them for guests, but it was quite expensive. So that's going to be when we get sponsored. <laughs> yeah. So anyone listening, if you want all of the guests in our podcast to have their own very own Benice uh, hoodie, um, yeah. then sponsor us. Just to get Tanya a hoodie. That's, no. that's what yeah. we're doing. Just, just just Tanya, no no other guests. Just just, just we just, just send you loads of hoodies for the rest of your life. Yeah. <laughs> Time there's a guest on, we'll send you a hoodie. <laughs> You've got like 50. <laughs> every what guest that comes on, every guest that comes on, you don't get a hoodie, but Tanya gets one. Tanya gets you, get, one. you just hear like you hear that we've announced another guest and then you just hear like a that's the door. <laughs> it's like hoodie time. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's delivering the hoodie, the child snapshot. <laughs> and all free to <laughs> carry pies. When you've done a hundred episodes, I come on just wearing all a hundred of the hoodies. Uh, so to sort, to sort of um, broadly, should we maybe touch on everyone's, you know, sort of where we're coming from, our attitudes towards sex and relationships? our relationships with sex and relationships like where we're at because we're we're all in our 20s which means we're we think we know everything but <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't i don't have 20s the time where you actually realize that you don't know everything <laughs> yeah, yeah and it's just and it's eternal panic time, not when you realize you don't know anything but when you realize you truly don't give a shit anymore <laughs> it's it's yeah. kind of the point where you just kind of go i'm dumb okay mm. <laughs> And sort of find a way to best cope with with what that information. I suppose I suppose we'll start with the guest. Uh, in terms of sort of your your sort of like experiences within within sex and relationships, you know, where are you at now? Where's where? How do you feel like you've grown? I'll definitely say in the last year, I think I've grown like sexually. Like before, <clears throat> I thought like I was like yeah, I'm experienced on that but like I wasn't really it made me realize like the sex that I was having before was like very clean it was just too sterile for my liking in the sense that like I felt I had to be pretty mm. and I think a lot of that stems from porn really like a lot of the women are just like gorgeous and laying there and I'm like you're not even sweating like what's happening yeah. and like I felt like for like the longest time I felt like I had to look nice but then I was like I think it's more for feeling like I'm starting to realize that like sexiness and like just being beautiful sometimes is more for feeling than how you look mm. because there's been times when like I always thought like every single time prior till last year every time I always had sex you wouldn't see me without makeup on with my hair like hair spread on so it's like a literal helmet of beauty but now mm. 
I'll literally be like, as soon as I wake up, haven't brushed my teeth, and I'll be like, I feel hot as fuck, you know? Or like, in the middle of sex, my wig falls off, and I wouldn't care. And that's when I'm like, mm, we're getting somewhere. So I'm just feeling like, yeah, definitely, I'm more sexually liberated now than I was before. I think that's a really good place to be with it, because for me, it's like, I think um, something, something that I've sort of grown with is because I, and I think being a gay male, in sort of like sex and, and especially the hookup culture, not just the hookup culture, but the drug culture that I think comes with being a, a gay person involved in the scene. It, it's it's a weird world in, in terms of the fact that there is very little interaction, very little conversation. And that when I was growing up from 16 to, to my early 20s was such a norm that I grew out of really quickly. And I felt weird for doing it because the the people I was interacting with <clears throat> were so um different and so where I was and it, it sex got really devalued for me and I, I became aware of it and um uh, and that's something I've grown to realize is really important in sex and um I feel like it's so important to mention that if you being able to talk to your partners especially if you're a person that um requires certain things that I think to a degree we kind of all are it's it's good to just beforehand you know go just so you know like this works for me this doesn't work for me and if they're doing something wrong like before I used to just sort of like sort of take it and and not really say anything and now I'm like actually do you know what I would prefer that you didn't do that and it's increased the experience tenfold because it's just and if if you're with someone that can't have that conversation it's very easy for me to go I don't think we're on the same maturity level let's just let's just cut this here I think my experience in general has been quite different so because I was grew up in this very small community very small town everyone knew each other um and I lived there till from about sort of seven or eight to about 17 uh, and everyone was like farmers <laughs> and like mechanics and just not like very sexist mildly homophobic mildly racist just not great people i very naturally <laughs> was not attracted to kind of any of them and so genuinely for a while i thought that i was asexual it was just my kind of priorities were different my priorities were i wanted to be an actor and i wanted to perform and do comedy um and then i got to drama school and i kind of realized i could do both and then that's when i started to actually kind of show interest and like experiment and go on dates and kind of like meet up with people and go out and all this kind of stuff so and that's where i started to gain confidence because i had like actual kind of mates around me that were like oh no you look great in that and i became part of like a lifestyle that i hadn't been a part of before like dating and like you know hooking up and stuff and that's when i was like oh okay, there are people that can actually make you feel nice as opposed to just like the crackheads <laughs> of the, the borders community. So I'm still on that path where I'm still learning, as Tanya said, kind of how to like not try and be pretty as like traditionally pretty, but to just to kind of be myself and then whoever that appeals to will make themselves kind of known. In like yeah. high school, I used to have this weird thing where like people would like me, but they would only like me in secret because I wasn't like the popular people. And that used to get on my absolute tits. Cause I remember there this guy, I don't know if I should say his name or not, but we'll call him Billy. And 
and I remember like <laughs> I remember everyone up in my bed so I live in like a flat right and it's kind of like on a hill mm. and like one day my doorbell rang and they're like do you want to come out so I'm like okay I've been invited out by the cool people you know so we're going outside going to the park whatever and like he stopped halfway and he kissed me that was like my first kiss and obviously I'm fucking elated because I'm like oh my god really he's like kissed me and then the next day completely ignored me like as if I didn't exist and that was like the rest of I graduated high school but then my school my high school had a reunion and like all these dudes are like oh my god hey Tanya and they're messaging me like oh I always liked you and I'm like why the fuck did you not say it's really mm. it made me realize that like I couldn't there was part of me that was like I was angry with them but then part of me felt sorry for them because I was like you were so like deep in this societal stereotype of who to like that you didn't go with who you wanted to because you were going to be judged for it but then there's also part of me that was like well fuck you like if you're not going to like me publicly don't like me at all like what good does it do you me to tell me that you like me but then outside you want to pretend that you don't know me yeah and that made me like really hesitant for like a long time with like interracial relationships because there's a part of me that was like unless if i didn't know your family or didn't know your friends i just assumed that you were hiding me you know there were obviously other gay people in my high school that like i knew about and i remember there were people specifically that would pick on me that would single me out like they would go the step further they would try and like push me push me out completely and then afterwards to come out and like the whole time i'd be sitting there like i know i know you're gay and and some of them did have a thing for me it was like i i, I know that that's what's going on and it, 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 i i do get what you mean because it does feel cowardly but I, I had to take a step back from it and go, this per- and this is the thing that I get a lot with relationships, is like, if I disagree with someone, I've, I've just got to go, this person's on their own journey and it's just, it's not, it's not where I am. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah. I, know that, I know that's not the same thing, but that's where I can relate to that. I've actually had a similar thing, and I've told Kyle about it, um, where I have had a few people from um, high school and also from places that I have worked previously that I have spoken to, but like we weren't friends. Like there was one guy I went to high school with, let's call him Martin. I will probably forget the name and call him his real name later on. I actually <laughs> truly do not give a shit because- Docs, docs, address right now. Okay, so- so the thing with Greg was, um, we, <laughs> we like we were we were friends, we were mates, but we were like friends through a friend of a friend, um, and we had like maths class together, like geography or something like that. And then obviously once we left high school, we never spoke again because it was like you know class friends. And he messaged me to ask how I was doing, and then to ask me out to be like, oh, are you single by the way? And it's like. I, I... I don't, I, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be involved with women, but men really do have the audacity. I don't, I, I must have missed that, that class, like. I'm glad you missed it. You both, you both say that, like, I've not messaged you at like two o'clock in the morning, be like, hey, you up there. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Kyle fucking called me. Kyle fucking called me at like one, maybe 12, one o'clock in the morning and just went, I just wanted to know you're my fucking ride or die. <laughs> and I was like, right, well, I'm actually editing the episode, so people fuck off. 
but I, I leave voicemails and like, <laughs> like hour long voicemails. Like I write movie scripts when I'm drunk. Um, I love how yeah. you guys are functioning when you're drunk and like, right, I'm looking at my phone, like dropping it a hundred times <laughs> and I give up afterwards. I'm like, done. <laughs> so, so for those of you who don't know Tanya or haven't seen Tanya drunk, Tanya, Tanya is the only person I've ever met in my life who can fall asleep anywhere, anytime, <laughs> under any circumstance. Absolutely, my best skill ever. Well, I'll write that down on my skill. One of the first times we hung out together, you were passed out. <laughs> and someone, someone took a lighter to you and I, I batted it away and I was like, what are you playing at? <laughs> And you, I was, you woke up. I was like, Tanya, they just tried to set you on fire, and you're like, okay. <laughs> like it's a daily occurrence. <laughs> no harm, no done. Like you saved me. That's enough. I can relax now. So you were the one. I'm not on fire. So <laughs> actually, Tanya actually asked them before, like before she fell asleep. Just if I fall asleep, set me on fire. <laughs> Just do me a fucking favor. <laughs> it's like if I fall asleep, lay me to rest. I'm done. <laughs> like, every single time you save me, I'm like, for fuck's sake, Kyle. Every single, like, your whole life has just been a series of you falling asleep, ready for that, and then someone waking you up. And you're like, fuck, not again. And somehow, and somehow like, way, that's, that's not the first time you've fallen asleep and nearly been set on fire, though. <laughs> that's, that's... The second time I actually was on fire. <laughs> I fell asleep at Carly's and like I don't know how I managed to do this but I fell asleep with like my head turned to the right and there was a candle <laughs> so my hair started burning and then Carly comes in at that time with my girlfriend and they're like Tanya and I'm like what someone waking me up and they're like you're fine and they're just like slapping my head and like at that moment in time I was more upset that they woke me up and were hitting me than the fact that I was on fire and I was just like yeah cool back to sleep and go and it wasn't till the next day when they told me that I was like oh shit like I could have died <laughs> oh I don't know how people do it I genuinely think like what set me out on fire <laughs> Like the strength that people go to like fight sleep. I'm like, I can't. Like, if sleep, if my body's like go to sleep, I'm like, okay, it's done. Your will is done. I can't. I'm not going to fight it. I refuse. I thought you were like, I don't know. I don't know why people try to like fight. Save themselves from God. <laughs> I was no. like, what are you <laughs> And I also think it's really bad because you know I'm bored if I fall asleep. Like, that's the biggest clue. <laughs> no, I, I, I would don't rather try to hide it. Fire, literally, than be a part of this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I would rather be ablaze in shadows. <laughs> Didn't have anything to do with you. And to prove it, I'm going to fall asleep <laughs> and die. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody remember your girl when that lady would be like, you can fall asleep it's more than like, say less, baby girl, say less. <laughs> so we're going to move on to the next segment, which uh, we're going to talk about dating, kind of our dating experiences, sort of maybe some, some good relationships, some bad relationships, um, just anything that we associate with kind of dating, like dating sites, 
um, bad dates, good dates, anything like that. So Tanya, you're our guest. You you go first. I would say I've dated quite a lot. Like I've been on a lot of dates, but um, it's something that I've like made a conscious effort on doing because I was like, if I'm going to meet people and also find out what I like, I need to speak to people. And before I used to just be like any date, whatever, as long as I had a date. And I think you'll know our good friend, Ola, there was one time when she was just like, just go on a lot of dates. And she inspired me to do um, three dates in one day mm. for like a whole week. And I was a busy girl and I ate a lot, not gonna lie. Hello. And <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it was quite an experience, but overall I quite liked it. Like. And I made the conscious effort of making that all of the dates were very different from each other mm. so that I could like literally choose and be like, okay, where do I see myself and what do I like? You could con- contrast um, and compare. Yeah. But your action has to go. five steps. <laughs> After a while, like I realized I need like a balance in between. I consider myself quite counsel. Mm. Like I am very quite counsel, but I have expensive taste. So that's where my problem lies. <laughs> that's where my problem lies is that I want, I want what- Gucci and it's giving me um, TK Maxx. <laughs> and TK Maxx is probably a little bit more expensive. I'm like Primark River Island. <laughs> if we're going to get fancy. So I'm like, this is where my problem lies. <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on George. Absolute bargain in there. Really? Got, yeah, yeah it's got, so good. Yeah, they've got a good vintage range now as well, so they reuse it really good. As did this vintage. They yeah. did fucking vintage yeah. geez, let alone fucking vintage clothes. I often found myself speaking to the guys that I was attracted to because that's what I want. But then I was like, there's a part of me like, you know, back in your head, you're like, I don't, I'm like, I'm punching. And yeah. I used to think that. And like, I was like, no, because there's this woman that I recently saw on TikTok, which was like, if you want to be somewhere, go and meet with the people that are already there and eventually they might give you tips or they might let you in. And there was like one video of her where she was at a golf club, you know, the whole bougie thing. And this guy was like, oh, hey. And she was like, yeah, I don't have a membership, but I'm hoping to like learn one day. And he's like, well, I'll buy you a yearly membership and I'll teach you. And I was like, it's that easy. I know financially I might not be where you are, but I know like with what I have and my traits, that I'm a good person. Like, oh God, why would you want to date me? But I say that, but obviously that doesn't mean it's always there. Yeah. And it's very hard because I feel like some people that I do meet, it's just like, it's not even like a maturity thing. It's more like we're just not at the same place, mm. but like in life. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I'm just like, we're not at the same place because what I want, it's almost as if I'm being made to feel bad for wanting it and said well you're not that rich you're not that smart so why would you want that and I'm like why not want that you know and it's kind of like I'm always being told like oh you should just be happy with what you have and I'm like and so it sounds a bit manipulative when like someone is like to you you should want to be with me purely because we grew up in the same place why would you want more than what we already have and I'm like no but that's 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 the ex- a prime example of like a toxic yeah and also someone holding you back 
but wanting to be with someone who pleases you on so many different levels. Yeah. Not just sexually, not just romantically, not just emotionally, like all of them combined. Because it's like, there's this whole thing of like, oh, looks or personality. And it's like, why not both? I think it's a really interesting point. And I, I think, I think you're kind of right, Tanya, because I see so many people, especially people from working class backgrounds that settle so quickly. Like so many, so many people, especially younger people. And this is something that I'm really passionate about as well Is there are so many young people that I know that I grew up with and, and they get themselves into, into a point because they're from this background where they've been dating this person they've been dating since they were like 15, 16. And then they get to their 20s, they grow apart from each other, break up, and then they find themselves in this position where they're like, I don't know who I am anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, of course you don't because you 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 don't, you haven't existed with someone else. I, I think I think being British means that you 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 develop this kind of pride in being working class. So I do get it from that background because I think so many so many people in in, in the upper class uh, statistically have come from that. That you know the majority of them have been born into that. So working class people relate on a on a level that they understand each other and they've come from similar backgrounds because unfortunately in this in this society the wheels just kind of turn like that but there's nothing wrong with wanting more for yourself and and yeah. and maybe it's something in being british that makes that seem shameful like you you oh you want to what you want a more stable life where you don't have to worry about your lights being switched off 24 7 because like, that's the background I'm from. yeah and it's also like yes i do <laughs> why would mm. you not want that it, it's not to say that you are ashamed of where you've come from or mm you know, how you've been raised or anything, but it's also to say like, I want something, I want more for myself and I'm allowed to think that. I can't remember who said it, but someone said um, earlier about, you know, we're all on that sort of journey of life. And sometimes, you know, if you, you're on your own journey of kind of getting better, you know, or, or you know, learning more and, and doing different things and having new experiences, you know, the people that you grew up with aren't necessarily on a similar path. Um, I was going to say, do you think there's certain like um, boundaries that you have with dating someone like from the first get go? Like the things that you're like, like these are like literally cut offs. If you don't agree with this, we can't even like like your like your sort of yeah like your your absolute no nos. Yeah. I, I I look for I look for what I consider to be general decency, but I suppose is is a, a leftist agenda. <laughs> And that's really important to me. And I think that's my, that's sort of my moral baseline. If I'm meeting someone, I'm like, am I going to have fun with this person? And do I agree with who they are and what they believe? I like someone who's funny. So that's kind of the main thing. Like, I feel like if, if we go on a date and I kind of realize that we have the, the same, we do not have the same sense of humor at all. Like, it's not like, oh, I find, sorry, that was my alarm to take my medication. <laughs> <laughs> Not the medication. Not the medication. <laughs> Sorry, that just reminded me I've got to go pick up my antidepressants tomorrow. <laughs> I was, I was, I was like, I need to get a quick prescription of mine. <laughs> I gotta make sure I don't kill myself after this. So, uh, Tanya, what about you? Any morals? I have two. So, like, in cis straight men, and this is broken down to either white or people of colour. So mm-hmm. people of colour, immediately I ask their views on LGBTQI plus mm-hmm. because a lot of it, the black community does tend to be quite homophobic. 
and I'm also part of that community and a lot of my friends are so I'm just like if you don't agree there's no way we're gonna hang around or yeah. be associated with each other so mm-hmm. that's the first one that I ask and then the political views and then the second one is just like kindness but I think that's just like I can see the vibe once we meet and stuff mm. and yeah that's really it and then for like obviously white people I check they're not racist and again the views on the LGBTQI and again also kindness as well and this one I've taken off the list because I've realized it's actually a privilege and that's used to be um I be in therapy mm. and before I used to say that because I was like I want to know that you're actively working on your shit but then I was jobless at one point and I couldn't afford therapy and I was mm. like wow that's really fucked up of me to expect that from people when I can't even do it for myself mm. and a lot of the people that I've met in therapy they were still a dick so I'm like you could be going to therapy but unless if you're actively working it means fuck all sex and relationships as a mentally ill person is really difficult it's an added pressure on top of it like especially the sex portion of it there was so much about now that I'm in a, a much better place with with my body and, and my mental illness and, and going through therapy and that which I did on the NHS I didn't do privatized which if anyone has been on the NHS therapy mental health it's it's ridiculously like don't even get me started like just to even get my medication sometimes is really difficult and I think that's so dangerous ridiculous yeah. so ridiculous but not understanding why your body is responding the way that it is in relationships and sex can be really confusing when you're undiagnosed. And also when you get when you get diagnosed and you put yourself on medication, which can affect your sex drive and, and your ability to communicate things, it, it's just it's, it's, it's really difficult. I think it's an added pressure on top of stuff because, because especially if, if it's a hookup or someone you've not known for a long time, it can be really difficult to navigate the conversation into just so you know I'm mentally ill <laughs> you know but I, I still for me I find it really difficult to navigate in new relationships and, and sexual experiences having that conversation without feeling like I'm sort of dumping dumping myself on them if that makes sense yeah. you don't want to kind of have like a first date or talking on tinder and then having to be like by the way I can't stand the sight of myself (laughs) like which is actually at one point is something that I did have to say to someone like not in that way but I did have to we were talking over tinder and I did have to basically go I can't do this right now I can't I can't like I can't even look at myself in the mirror so we need to we need to reconvene at a later date I'll pencil you in for maybe in 10 years from now something like that and we'll go from there I think also the influence of social media can be good and bad because obviously on the one hand um you get all of these like supermodels and people with loads of plastic surgery and stuff that obviously they look amazing um and of course they do and and that's not a bad thing i think we should also stop shaming women for getting plastic surgery it really fucking annoys me if they want to have plastic surgery fucking go for it whatever you need to do to make your body feel good and make yourself feel good fucking go for it I would do the same if I could, if, if I just was broke as shit. Like, this lip right here would be up here. If I yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? This would be like, mm, no. <laughs> we'd fucking, we'd be a size 10 by now. If, yeah. If, if, if plastic surgery were on the NHS, just know that all three of us would be breathing through tubes yeah. right now. <laughs> 
just it really annoys me and I see it a lot in like Instagram comments and it's like oh she's like she's fucking in and like she's doing it and it's like so fucking what if she is yeah. and it's, it's and like I said the whole idea of like yeah. posing and stuff is to make you look good like you have fucking tricks of like I remember I was doing headshots and like I was told to like do this thing with my arms to make them look smaller and it was so weird because in that moment I wasn't even caring about my arms but the entire shoot I couldn't help but book some arms because I was like why the fuck did you tell me that now it's something that's going to be in my head that I didn't shit are you okay I didn't even focus on I'm really just praying for editing Daisy it's just it's like it's yeah it's just this constant uh, need to sort of like name and shame women and i'm saying women yeah. because it, it's always fucking women it's always women that just like get all this fucking shit for for wanting to like to go i'm not happy with my body but here's how i i know that i can be happy is i can get this done or this done it's fucking fine but and and, and you know the men if you're not interested, if you if you don't, if you're not attracted to someone who has like, you know, fuller lips or, you know, fake lips or someone who has a, a smaller ass or big boobs or whatever, that's fine. Just don't fucking parade it around. Yeah. Just say that you're not interested and move on. That's fine. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Just Literally. don't fucking shame other women for doing so. And that's what really, yeah. I forgot how. That's I the one thing I think that gets on my biggest hits is like, for some reason, people are so vocal about what they don't like instead of like preaching about what they do like. I'm like, you're here being like, oh, I like my women a size 10, big tits, big ass. And I'm like, why can't you just like go to those women? Why do you feel the need to tell other people who don't look like that? It reminds me of that post Lizzo, Lizzo made. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what year it was with, with her ass out. And uh, people were like, this is ridiculous. Like my daughter watches you and all that sort of stuff. And I'm like, your daughter is watching a woman be confident in her body. Yeah. What's wrong with that? I, I understand. Also this like this notion that like, just because someone's a celebrity and your child watches them, that you suddenly become like their role model. It's like, no, you need to that be a parent. Yeah, you yeah. parent your child. Don't tell another human being who is not in charge of your child how to act. Like, honestly, I'm like, most of the time I'm like, fuck the kids, but yeah, <laughs> that's the day. I said last episode I would throw a child in a dumpster happily. You <laughs> 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 just throw it back on that, you know. But, quote, you know quote Daisy, she was like, I would dead ass throw a baby. <laughs> yeah. It happens a lot with women. It happened to Adele and it happened to Rebel Wilson as well. It's like, yeah. Is, is this ownership uh, and it's like how, how are we supposed to teach healthy relationships about our body what, and, and going back to being mentally ill it's like all these statistics of people with like body issues mental issues and then all these articles like Billie Eilish as well when Billie Eilish changed her look up for a, one magazine all these all these headlines all all this stuff that seem to imply we have some ownership over people's bodies yeah, yeah. it's don't. just like I also think it's something that people need to realize that like you don't get to own people and it's something that I also realized in relationships like you don't own people you're just experiencing them yeah. and like it's taken a lot of stress like for me in terms of like if things don't go well or something I used to think is it something about me as a person and sometimes it is and even it's about them I'm like I don't take it personally anymore because I'm like there's so many people in the world if it didn't work out with this person and we amicably talked about it, that's what it is. Like, it's mm -hmm. nothing deeper than that. 
I shouldn't somehow feel bad about myself or could try to go and change someone or change myself because I don't suit them. And I also think that's why sometimes I struggle with the thing of compromise and relationship. I'm like, there needs to be a fine line of where you're compromising and is it mm. equal for the both of you? I know some people say that there's always going to be someone in a relationship that loves more than the other. And I'm like, I'm yet to think if that's like actually true. Because I know personally, if I don't get what I'm putting in, I'm out. Like, yeah. I'm out. I can't tolerate that because I'm just like... I know what I want and I know the love that I deserve and if I'm not getting it there's no point of being there yeah. and that's such a, a journey to go on as well yeah. to actually realize that you are um giving more than you are getting and it's something that is is it's difficult because you then have a, a moment where you look back on all the relationships and friendships included you know relationships friendships anything like that people that you've maybe tried to get with and it's not worked out and you go like like I feel like an idiot because I have, you know, I've I've gone above and beyond for this person and they have just treated me like an idiot and I don't feel like the strong, capable woman that I know I am. You know? It's something that me and Daisy would speak about a lot actually because um, obviously when me and Daisy lived together we would speak a lot about a lot of things but relationships would come up a lot and um, we would catch ourselves a lot of the time saying things like, they did this, but if that were me, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And and if we both had to get to a point where we'd stop each other and say, you cannot expect yourself in someone else. Mm. And that is a really difficult thing to yeah. get past of being like, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. And it's like, that's because you're not there. I want to end it on a, a funny date that I went on. It's not so much like hysterical. It's just that I was the most like just the most awkward I could have been in my entire life so I went on a date with this guy and I didn't know what to do and I was talking to him about where I was working and living and he said um oh like I'll come to you and I was like okay means I don't have to do anything so he I meet him outside a bus stop <laughs> and he's like what do you want to do and I'm like to be honest with you mate there's not a lot to do but there is a nice spot that I I like to go sometimes because it's nice and quiet um it's it's just kind of secluded and it'll be nice to have like a few cans maybe smoke and have a drink and and just chill you know he's like cool so he dropped his stuff off at mine and then we went up and as I was walking up he was like oh this is a bit weird and I was like what and he was like oh this would be like the part in the movie where you know um the person is like all the audience is like shouting and being like no you're gonna get murdered because I was literally leading him up to a cabin in the woods I'm not <laughs> I am not kidding you. Where I worked was like a small hut in the middle of nowhere. It was in, in the middle of the woods. Um, and I literally, I was like, ha ha. And then I was like, oh my God, he's going to think I'm a serial killer. <laughs> it was I horrible. have this story. Um, it was a COVID date. And so obviously you couldn't really go anywhere because there's nowhere to go. So mm. we went for like um, the drive-through to Tim Hortons and mm. we got coffee and food and stuff. And we were just eating in his car in the parking lot and then afterwards he was like oh I need to do something for my friend and I was like oh me too and I had a friend who was away and she had told me to go and water a plant so I was like you can drive me there and I'll water plants and it was like fun enough I have a friend who asked me to do that as well so after we went to his friends and we did everything and he took me back and I was like I was really attracted to him and I was hoping that day we would like bone 
mm. but it didn't happen. He just like kissed me and was like, oh, goodbye. So I just left the car and I was like, bye then. And then he messaged me being like, oh, when do you want to meet the next day? He said to me Thursday. So I was like, okay, Wednesday night, I'm going to have a little self-care. I shaved mm. like every single part of my body, you know, yeah. got ready. Mm-hmm. I was like just about to do my little stretches. So like the next day I was like, okay, I'm in good shape to do this because it'd been a while. Yeah. He messaged me on the Wednesday. I've been like, I'm two minutes away from your house. Do you want to go and get food? So I was like, okay, maybe it's just food then. It's fine. And then he was like, hey, do you want to go to the Hilton? And I was like, okay. But bear in mind, I thought it was just food. And I assumed food would be either picking up something and we're eating in his car or it's like a drive through So I'm in like biker shorts. Uggs, but not like fancy Uggs, like the Primark Uggs. And you know when you wear Primark Uggs and like the hills a bit like <laughs> a little bit and Long. like a hoodie. Like penguin feet. Yeah. <laughs> and a hoodie. And underneath the hoodie, I'm not even wearing a sports bra or a bra underneath. I'm just literally like commando under all these clothes. So I'm like, okay. And we get to the Hilton and it's very like my attire does not suit where we are. So we go up to the room and we're chilling and stuff like that. And then I don't know what happened, but we're like on the couch and then full on just started eating me out. And then like, it took me a while when I got back into the room and realized I was but as naked with the Uggs on. And I'm just like, this is not a good look. And again, there wasn't time for me to like take my shoes off. <laughs> and like, I think like both of us were just so excited that we were so shit and like we're both of us just lying there and I shit you know at the same time we both said I can do better I promise and then we just started laughing with the Primark Uggs on I can do better I promise I was just so, I was so disappointed in myself. I was like, "This is not." I was expecting not to not who I am. Well, and I'm just I like, want, "I want the image of you getting eaten out in Primark, the <laughs> Renaissance fucking painting." <laughs> <laughs> and then third time, the last one, um, he came to Mines, and I was just like, "Oh, we're watching," because we kept talking about the Marilyn um, documentary. So like the Madeline documentary is going on, as you know, in your Netflix and chill, you get into it. And like halfway along, it's just like this person being like, yeah, Madeline would look like this. That was like, right, can you turn it off now? Because I'm not going to have this man talk about what Madeline McCann would look like when I'm about to climax. <laughs> so yeah, that's my stories. <laughs> <laughs> I have a similar story to that. Um, I um, so I lived on my own for a bit before I moved to Edinburgh, and um, I I there was a police officer in the local area that was speaking to me, and um, so we're just chatting to each other over a couple of weeks, and then eventually he comes over. And he he came kind of he, he sorry he arrived quickly so I, I wasn't I wasn't expecting him to be there when he was there so I, I had the TV on and I wasn't really dressed so um, he he came in and I left the TV on without without realizing and I took him to the bedroom and it got into it we got he got undressed and I I started blowing him and um and in the background the Flintstones movie comes on. <laughs> 
But <laughs> if you if you haven't seen the live action Flintstones film, it starts with the theme song. <laughs> so, so so I'm just sort of sitting there. Do it, do it and in the background I hear Flintstones, meet the Flintstones, and because because I'm a musically inclined person, <laughs> I start going along with the rhythm. And with that, <laughs> those three horrific stories, um, we wrap up the main portion of our episode kyle would you like to introduce the rec for rec for those who are not aware of Uh, yeah so if you if you missed episode one uh we at the end of the podcast because we like to um be involved with different communities of people um build a community ourselves uh we also like to just be involved with as much as possible so we introduce our rec for rec section which is essentially just a section where us and the guest uh, have some time to speak about things that we have been trying, things we've been watching, things we've been listening to, people we've been interacting with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's a really broad range of stuff. And we just sort of share it with you guys. Uh, we share it to our Instagram at the BNF pod for you guys to interact with, uh, recommend your own stuff. And uh, if we see any recommendations, we see any recommendations we like Mm -hmm. we will share them on the podcast as well okay uh yeah we we can start with tanya tanya what is your rep for rep for this episode um i have two so the first one i thought would be really fitting for this um since the subject was and it's a book by bill hooks and it's all about love and i definitely recommend this one um there's quite a few subjects that she touches upon like self-love and growth and just like boundaries and how to set them up and it was really like introspective to look at because there were some things that I thought about but never really knew how to address them and she does it in a way that's like you know she's not like the typical cis straight man where they teach you something but also embarrass you about it there was a way that she like um writes that's just like you learn and it's okay that you didn't know about it and it doesn't like sort of shame you into it. Quite a lot of you help self-help books do that. So I thought this was really nice. I recommend that one. And my <clears throat> final one is Untie My Tongue. So I'm a co-creator of Untie My Tongue. We're a theatre company created of four women. And all our work is focused on helping women and non-binary people and the gays. So if you're ever in theatre, we are launching in May this month at the Roxy, so come and see us with our play wooded. Yeah, that's me. Perfect. Um, Daisy? You, you go first, you go first. Oh, yeah, sure, no worries. Uh, so my rec for rec for this uh, episode is the Rose Theatre Cafe. Uh, really, really super lovely, run by Sinead and Mary. Super lovely duo. Uh, they served us a lot. We studied in the building uh, while we were at drama school. A really great cafe. Last time I was there, I had one of their cocktails. I had a porn star martini. Mm. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Uh, It's a really lovely, chill atmosphere. Uh, It's on Rose Street in Edinburgh. So if you are ever in Edinburgh and you're looking for a place to just hang out, it's a really, really lovely cafe, great atmosphere, great people. Stop by, they're they're lovely people and they're a small business. So please, please support them. Um, my rec for rec is probably someone that we all collectively know and and probably the majority of people that are listening 
probably because they've all had headshots taken by him, but it is uh, Twin City Pictures run by um, our very own Tom Duncan. Um, I'm sure we'll all agree that Tom is, you know, he's a groovy guy. Um, but obviously he, his business has been affected by um, COVID, um, you know, but I think that he is a really great photographer. He's great at what he does, a great teacher. He's also, yeah, as I said, a really good guy. Um, I think if you search Twin City Pictures, and again, we'll provide all of the links and stuff to any recommendations that we do give. If you search Twin City Pictures on Instagram, kind of any social media platform like Facebook and, and Twitter as well, I believe, um, you'll be able to find him and then the information to his website and stuff for headshots and stuff. There hasn't been anyone that's been quite as understanding as Tom in my experience. Um, so I would highly recommend that. And yeah, I think that wraps up the uh, second episode of the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast. So um, any final thoughts, Tanya? Have you enjoyed yourself? What has been the highlight of the episode? Any final I've thoughts? I've been thoroughly, thoroughly pleasured. It was, it was an honor. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'd say overall, like, just try and learn about yourself. And even if, do everything. I mean, if it's a terrible experience, you've learned that you don't enjoy it, you know. And if you're going to sleep with people or fuck them, just like, don't be afraid to say what you like and what you don't like, because at the end of the day, your safety in every capacity matters. Mm. And it's okay if you also don't orgasm. Try not to make an orgasm the end goal. Sometimes the experience is also just great and the intimacy is also just great. Kyle? just i'll just um i'll just sort of I, i'll i'll sort of lead off with just saying just have com have conversations with the people you're with always be open and honest um and don't be afraid to be i think there are a lot of unwritten rules around relationships and sex that like a lot of things are a concept don't let people dictate how you feel your relationship with your body your relationship with others and don't let societal norms put you in positions that make you uncomfortable. So yeah, so I think my final thoughts are also, um, sexuality is incredibly fluid as, as we all are aware of. So I think that it's important that, you know, you might think you're something and then it's just because you've not met the right people or you've not figured out what you're interested in, what you're not interested in. So yeah, echoing what Tanya said, um, try everything. Obviously, and this kind of goes without staying, staying goes without saying, um, stay within your comfort zone. If there's something you're not comfortable in doing, don't do it. Even if everyone else is trying it, don't try it. You know, um, it, it, you know, peer pressure, we joke about it, is a real thing. So if you don't want to do it, then don't do it because it might just be that it doesn't interest you. Um, mm. And that's okay. Perfect. Also uh -huh. use protection. Use yeah. protection. Oh my God. Uh, use protection. Tested. Have open and oh, get tested have open and honest conversations about the protection you're using as well. Thank you very much, Tanya. We've we've really enjoyed having you on. Uh, we hope yeah, you've enjoyed it as well. And uh, yeah, it's been really nice to, I think that's what I'm going to enjoy the most about this podcast is being able to talk to my friends again. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. that I haven't seen in like, you know, a few <laughs> years now. So it was actually really nice speak, speaking to you, spending time. Um, but thank you very much, guys, for listening to the uh, latest episode of the Bitchcraft and Faggotry podcast. 
Um, I'm rubbish with these outros, so Carl may have to take over at some point, but any of the information that we have said below, whether it's our um, sources for anything that we've said or our rep for rex, you can find in our Instagram bio with our Linktree link. Is that better? Yeah, that was so yeah. much better. But also, please remember to rate and review the podcast as well, where you can, uh, because we forgot to say that the first episode. <laughs> yeah, hope you enjoyed, guys. And uh, yeah, also, please, if you can, um, subscribe to the YouTube account, even if you are listening. Um, that would really help us as well and would um, enable us to reach a bigger audience. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. And yeah, bye. 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 bye.